Hi everyone. I hope everyone is doing well and having a good week. My week has been up. I've had some ups and downs, but I'm here. Um, gosh, I'm so glad I'm in my. There's a space that we've sort of re- repurposed in our home, um, which I'm calling my studio, which is where I'm recording this podcast. But I haven't been in here for a few weeks because we're doing some renovation and it's an absolute mess. And I think I'm going to record the journey and, and show the journey. But it's been so stressful because we've been trying to do this for years and my house is a state and it's affecting my mood and I'm really trying to feel settled. So I've been recording this podcast wherever I have been able to but now I'm kind of back in my studio I'm back in my space I've got a chair I'm not sitting on the floor and so I'm good to go but today um I want to talk to you about toys (laughs) so this might sound odd but even before I, I I feel like I have an aversion to plastic children's toys and plastic toys um because for many reasons, I really do, I like the idea of encouraging creativity with my kids and giving them opportunities to stretch their imagination and play and imagine things. So I would give my kids cardboard boxes, bits and pieces so that they can create and make things and imagine worlds. I even, I also allow them to when I finish when we do like a food shop I allow my kids to rummage through the food and pick up limes and lemons and smell them and feel them and touch them because I feel that they're multi-dimensional so compared to plastic lego for example a green lime is green so it's color vibrant color there's texture on the skin and my daughter was using her mouth to explore her world so she can taste it and 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 that sort of taste buds will be impacted and for me um you know vegetables and fruit and you know stuff like that brings another layer of a, a dimension in play and being curious and exploring their world so I've always been like this and um, not that my kids don't have toys, but I don't, there's no, I don't think that my kids will um, uh, lose out if they don't have a particular toy. I mean, at this age, they're really young. So, as in, they're not telling me I want this. And I'm sure that that's coming and there'll be time for it. And I, and I, and I feel that toys, um, so when a toy is made for its purpose, it's quite restrictive because you can only use it in that purpose for that purpose unless you imagine it becomes something else, which my daughter always does in the end. And also, actually, we I encourage it. I mean, this was actually uh, an issue that we had because my husband was of the mind that things should be used for the purpose in which that they were made. And... And I don't think so. So, for example, I can't think of something. 
many times my daughter will come and she's reimagined an item. So what was once a guitar is now because she's used some sellotape to tape up the guitar to a buggy, it's now become some kind of machinery which can glide along the floor. Um, and that's what it is today and tomorrow it's something else. And I, I love that, that opportunity to kind of like, you know, just play without boundaries, without limitations and just be open to that and playing. And actually there's a really interesting documentary on Netflix. This reminds me of this lady who um, develops toys. I can't remember the name of it. If I can remember it, I'll try to find it and put a link below. And I just thought it was just really amazing how... Um, how it can help children's development and creativity. And, and I think this is also why I am have a bit of an aversion to technology and iPads and things like that, because it, it sort of, it's a bit prescriptive in terms of um, the device and also keeps kids entertained all the time. And I think boredom is really good because it gives a child space to sort of imagine another world or do something else as opposed to be constantly entertained at your beck and call every minute, every second, something needs to be pinging or jumping or reacting to you. Um, and so those are my thoughts around that. But what was interesting is this book that I'm reading about psychology, I think it's called The Influence of uh, Persuasion, is a really interesting chapter that I came across talking about um, Christmas. So toy companies would advertise on the tv that the there's a toy whatever it is whether it's your Wii or whatever the toys were and they would advertise it around christmas and then parents would promise to their children the days leading up to christmas they'd go to the shops and try to get this toy and they wouldn't be able to find it because actually these manufacturers would cut supply they'd oversell but didn't have enough to go around which would force the parents to then buy an alternative. So they'll make sure that they have stocks of everything else except for that toy. And then the advertising would stop. And then after Christmas, the toy companies would advertise again in January. And then the child would then be bouncing up and down saying, Mommy, remember you said, or Daddy, you said I could have this toy. You promised, you promised. And parents would feel obliged to go back into the store and look for this toy because they promised their kid that they had it. It was incredible. It was so manipulative. I don't know if they do this sort of stuff now. However, it did really highlight to me how commercial and commercialized this holiday is and loads of holidays. And I mean, this Christmas, we didn't do gifts. It wasn't intentional. We just didn't do it. I was really ill and I don't know what else happened, but it just didn't happen. And as I guess for me, I'm trying to create an environment where the toy, the gift giving can happen irrespective. It doesn't have to be Christmas to get a gift that we can give. We can celebrate each other when every couple of months, whatever it is, whenever we fancy. And I, I, I hate, I hate coming I hate seeing the Christmas stuff in the stores three months before. I can feel the pressure. And I hate the fact that now, like almost the day after Christmas, you go into the stores and you start seeing Easter eggs. And the other day I saw sort of Valentine's stuff. It's just a big commercial machine. And 
so there's all that there's all that financial pressure to buy it's almost like these holidays are now about commerce and making money for these businesses and then the other side of me well what was the real reason for christmas i mean i'm a christian the real reason for christmas is to do with christ but it's even that's even completely off the radar nobody's thinking about that or talking about that instead is what what did you get for christmas or what can i get for christmas or what do i want for christmas it's nuts i do not want to encourage that in my home because i just don't think i think there's almost a very slippery slope to um like you have to end up reining that in because they'll there's an expectation all the time. I mean, not, you know, and as I said, there's nothing wrong with our children wanting nice things and presents and stuff. But I feel like something that's seeded that's really unsavory is this, like a demand that I, I'm expected, that there's an expectation that you will get me this gift. And if you don't get me this gift, then my world's going to fall apart. And then I'm going to you promise and then this whole thing feeding into this machinery that is these awful you know practices from companies and just I don't know I really just actually want to be on a different path because also in life you don't always get what you want you don't know we don't always get presents every day the sun doesn't shine all the time it just doesn't work like that what is more valuable in life aren't these physical these gifts but lots more but I do you know what's really interesting is that in this book they talked about the cabbage patch kid so there's this toy and I there's this toy that I remember I never got and I think I have all of these um things that these toy companies did the cabbage patch kid I think that company made something like 150 million dollars in that season from these tactics and what is weird, like if I look back at my childhood, we, I had, I was, nothing was ever withheld from me, but I remember not getting Cabbage Patch Kid and that stayed with me. Isn't that awful? I got everything. I never wanted for anything. And yet what has stayed with me is not getting the Cabbage Patch Kid as if, you know, that was an awful thing that happened to me. And it wasn't. It's just adult. So it's just kind of like putting things into perspective looking back and actually there's lots of people that don't even have anything so I guess the challenge is how do we raise children who are grounded who are appreciative who can enjoy really nice things and enjoy gifts and stuff without breeding this other horrible side um so yeah anyway I wanted to come on here share that with you music there's always i'm always going to put something like upbeat and nice and something that we can celebrate because i really enjoyed on my last episode talking to you guys about the things that i love including food but um let me i was going to say let me play i can't do that i'd love to um but let me talk let me tell you what else is on my um Oh gosh, let me see what else is on my playlist. So there's this song called Carnival 74 by DJ Harrison Stashbox, I think. I don't know anything more other than that. So my genres are jazz, chill beats, Afrobeat, soulful. 
those are the kind of genres I listen to. So that's what's on repeat at the moment. It's part of my playlist I was just listening to. Anyway, guys, I hope you're doing well. If you have a chance to check out that music, let me know. And um, uh, we will speak soon. If you're enjoying this content, please. Um, you know what? I Follow me on Facebook because I've set up a Facebook fan, book, fan page. Facebook fan page, Jeanette Opinion. Do follow me on Facebook and we'll catch up soon. Bye.